welcome to the Travel Moms Podcast. I'm Penny, your host. I talk with moms from all over the world who share their story, tips, and advice with us. Some travel part-time, full-time, anyway, you name it, they do it, and they share it here with us. I hope that you'll listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Travel Moms Podcast. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 75. My guest today is actually the second guest that I've met in person in Gainesville at the Tiny Home Festival. She's a wife and mom to seven. She is the co-founder of All Things Bus Conversion and book author with Schoolie Homes. I'd like to welcome Missy at Discovering Us Home to the show today. Hey, Missy, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Penny. I hope you're doing well. Doing wonderful. I'm so excited to have you on the show because you're actually the second guest that I've met in person, which I would love to meet everybody that I ever talked to. Um, So it's a pleasure talking with you today. And we met at the Gainesville Tiny Home Festival in February is what Hannah reminded me of. Yes, I think it was at the Know How. Yes. Now, was that one that y'all put, did y'all put that on or did someone else put it on? No, we didn't. Um, mm-hmm. Michelle and Travis put that on. They did the know-how. And then there was a tiny home show right after that that Haig Atkinson put on. Right. And y'all are planning, or is it 2021 where y'all are trying to plan another one after all the pandemic stuff is over with? Yeah, we were. We were actually looking. We had a couple of tentative dates uh, for this year. And there's a tiny home show in Florida in November. Mm-hmm. Um, but because we have a type one diabetic, we still are trying to stay close to home and, you know, still trying to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves um, and just going to see how the pandemic does at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll plan some events for next year. I will be at the one in November showing my van off. <laughs> well, I'm excited about Oh, that. cool. Yeah. Um, Missy, could you tell us more about your family? Because I'm seven kids, you're a wife, you're running a business, you're doing all of this stuff. So I'd like to know a little bit more about you. Sure. Um, my husband and I, um, in 2009, we, well, let me start back. We always believed, like when we got married and we first started having children, we believed in giving our kids experiences instead of things. Mm-hmm. So we started out by traveling to hotels and like we would spend um, two vacations a year or we'd take a spur of the moment trip somewhere and book a cabin. Um, and then we started adopting children. So we adopted six. And when our last four came along, we went to book a hotel and we exceeded the capacity for one room uh, due to having a family of nine. So they said that it was a fire hazard for us to put all of us in one hotel room. So that led to, okay, wait a minute. Now we're not going to be able to book, you know, have as many vacations and do as many things. Uh, so what do we do? And so Jeff said, why don't you convert a bus into a schoolie? And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, you can take a bus. I've seen it done at races and you can turn them into an RV. 
And so long story short, we converted a bus. We hit the road with our family of nine, lived in our schoolie for two years and traveled across the country. That's pretty awesome. So y'all converted the bus yourself? We did. Uh, we did it in our backyard. Uh, it was a family project. And when we finished traveling for two years, we had uh, one of our daughters It was a special needs child and she started getting sick. And so we came home for a period of time. She became a Make-A-Wish kid uh, and we started converting our another bus. I started blogging about it and a business was born. So that's how our business, Schoolie Homes, got started. And now we are four schoolies later. Uh, we have a mid-sized schoolie that we're in the middle of converting uh, for long weekends and family vacations. Really cool. How many of your kids travel with y'all when you go? Well, because they've become teenagers now. When we first started, the youngest was three, the oldest was 13. Now the youngest is 14. Um, three of my children have moved on. And so one to heaven and two live on their own. So now we have four at home that go with us when we travel. And how do they like the whole schoolie experience? Because um, like you and I were talking in the before the show, schoolies bring a lot of attention. Um, <laughs> and so how do they like that experience in traveling and probably people asking them questions and stuff? They, they really like it. I think they liked it more when they were younger because now when we go somewhere, it's the fact that they're not getting to see their friends for the weekend, especially due to the pandemic. They're not getting to be as social through school because we are doing virtual learning. Mm -hmm. So they like having their weekends so that they can hang out with friends. So I don't think they like it as much this year as they have in times past, just because of the social aspect, not having their friends and, you know, and because, well, we got ready. The reason we have a midsize bus is because my kids said, hey, we don't really want to go on in the schoolie anymore. We don't want to go on long, long vacations. We're good for a weekend or something. And so then we got rid of our 40 foot bus, which we were in the middle of remodeling and got, went shorter. And as soon as we got the short bus, the midsize schoolie, they're like, where are we going to sleep? Oh, <laughs> and so now, and honestly, it was a family vote when that big bus was sold. And so now the boys sleep in a tent or a hammock or something like that. And so, you know, they're not at quite as comfy and cozy as they were in our long bus. They were rethinking that decision afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting, too, because now, like, my boys, especially my my older children are boys. Hannah's the 14-year-old. Um and Jacob's even talking about converting a bus for him because he's looking at moving out. Uh -huh. And so, you know, down deep, even if they don't want to admit it, schoolies are in their blood and they love it. Right. They've been around it for a long time. That, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. For people that might be thinking about converting a bus, what would you what would be your number one advice for them? Um. I would say be sure that you are realistic 
and knowing what how tiny you can live um if it depends on if they want it for full-time living or just extended vacations and travel so look at life realistically um and then know your limitations and where you can access help through um you know like companies like schoolie homes mm -hmm. and now missy has a book called schoolie homes that'll also help you out a lot too yeah it's called the diy schoolie guide and it will help we love because we were diy people in the very beginning we love helping the DIY schoolie converter. So we have the DIY schoolie guide. We have a master course. And in the middle of the pandemic, I wrote two other books. Oh, cool. So all of that stuff will be coming out shortly. Really cool. Can you tell me what it is? It is actually a floor. The first one is a floor planning book. Um, and so it will go step by step about floor planning. And it really goes back to your question, mm -hmm. Penny, um, about what to think about when you're converting mm -hmm. a bus. And it's really about looking at your life right now and seeing what you need to live mentally, physically, emotionally and spiritually healthy mm -hmm. and make sure that you put those inside your schoolie when you're converting it. Yes. I like that idea because I remember when I was planning out my van, it, it took me a while to decide on how I wanted it laid out because there were several things that we knew that we needed. So definitely, like Missy just said, think about how you live and what's the most important for you. Do you have to have a shower? Do you have to have a potty in there? Do you have to have running water? It's just all different kinds of thoughts and, and needs. And um, so I think that's great. I love that idea of that book. What is your next traveling um, experience going to be? It really depends on what this pandemic is doing. Um, this summer, we had planned uh, to take a trip out west. So we wanted to do that. Yellowstone has been on my bucket list for quite a while. Uh, so that would be the next biggest place that we want to travel. Um, because our child Jacob he's 17 and I look at like I want to I want him to be able to experience as much as possible before he hits the real world you know and so I want him to be able to go to a certain highlights throughout the country so we want to take like a six-week trip so we hope to be able to plan that uh at the end of spring beginning of summer next year that would be wonderful yeah, I think this pandemic has definitely put a, ha a hampering on a lot of people's travels. Well, and I found that a lot of places are booking up a lot sooner mm -hmm. than they were in the past. So in the past, I could plan, you know, three months out or something like that. And now people are really, this is what they are doing. They are, you know, getting out traveling and camping because they can still social mm -hmm. distance but how exactly fun. like me with my van I can go to a place and I've been able to park in like uh, the camp um, the little camping spots so you don't have to really stay for all hookups but I'm I'm off um, grid living with it so with a schoolie can you stay in RV parks or where do y'all like to stay when y'all when you were traveling in the big bus Uh, we love state parks. We There's uh, several independent campgrounds that all accept schoolies. Uh, you can go off-grid in a schoolie and you can boondock. You can stay in 
um, forestry campgrounds. You can, there's a camping app called Harvest. I mean, there's, yeah, it's a camping app called Harvest mm -hmm. Host. I think there's one called Boondockers mm -hmm. Welcome. So they have a lot of spaces there that are schoolie friendly as well. <clears throat> one of the things that we do at Schoolie Homes is when we convert a bus there, it actually gets certified as an RV. So it opens schoolie owners up to going into more RV parks um, than you would typically get if you did not have that certification. And that that's really smart. I know there's like, it, depending on what kind of place you go, um, usually the people that live in schoolies or do van life aren't really looking at these luxury RV parks or what have you, but there might be an age limit to your, your um, vehicle that you use too, or your RV to stay in certain spots. So I, um, I 100% back you up on Harvest Host. I haven't really done Boondockers Welcome, even though I do have some friends that are part of it and you can go stay in their lot um, or their land. And so those are two perfect things because you, you're, you're not limited by what you, what kind of, um, you know, vehicle you're using as your camping experience. Exactly. And also, Penny, there recently, I have been seeing more and more people opening up schooly communities. Mm -hmm. There's one in Georgia. I think there's one in Florida. Cool. Maybe there's one opening up in North Carolina. I heard about that one. Um, so I think that there's like a list of five. Yeah. Uh, across the U.S. And so they allow people to come. Some people allow like one night boondocking. Some people um, allow like a homesteading experience. So there's several schooly communities opening up, which I just absolutely love. I love yeah, that idea. That's fantastic. So is it, so, it going to be something like a Harvest Host and Boondockers Welcome, but it'd be more gearing toward the bus lifers? I think what they're doing at this point is each person is individual. Okay. It'd be lovely if I had the time to organize where we all got together. That would be <laughs> sweet. Um, but I think right now everybody's kind of just individual. And then they're they're just getting started linking up. I saw where Schooly Homes Community is one of the first ones and one of the biggest ones. I know Brett and Renee Niehaus, um, lovely, lovely people and just have a heart of gold. Um, and I think that they are actually collecting the data of everybody who um, has a Schooly community across the U.S. So hopefully they're going to um, spearhead maybe joining everybody together. That would be awesome. Yeah, I'll have to keep an eye out on that. Not that I'm in a bus, but just, you know, for the for the community, that would be great information to know. Yeah, and I don't think that he's just bus specific, even though it's just like schooly yeah. community. Um, I know that uh, he's really good friends with someone who owns a box truck. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure just knowing them, the brief little bit that I do, um, I'm sure that they're open to other possibilities. Well, very cool. Well, thanks for sharing that information with, with us because I didn't know about all that. So really cool. Plus, you said your kids are virtual schooling. How is that going? Did you Have you been homeschooling or were they in school and now you're just virtually schooling? How, how does that all look for y'all? Well, we have homeschooled the majority of their lives. We homeschooled when we traveled um, and we loved homeschooling for that aspect because we could, even when we were on the road full time, we could take vacations 
when vac- it wasn't the peak season. So we got discounted rates or it wasn't as crowded. Um, so that's why we like one of the reasons we homeschooled is because we just love to travel so much. And it was just so much easier to take the kids with us uh, and not have to worry about school. Now, last year, we put the kids in public school because our daughter um, was getting really, really sick. And I wanted to make sure I could spend some time with her. And then, of course, their first year in public school and and they were pulled out half the year. (laughs) So I was like, oh, that was ironic. Um, This year they're doing virtual learning. They don't really like it. Uh, but it is working really well for our family. And like I said, I hope it lends to us so that we can take some time at the toward the end of the school year and go on a lengthy vacation before mm-hmm. peak season. Yeah. And I love homeschooling um, when we traveled because you could access the national parks. Mm-hmm. Part of my curriculum, I seriously use the junior ranger programs. Yeah. Um, you could go to local museums and there was so many homeschool opportunities too. You can just get in on Google and get in with a group of homeschoolers that are in that area. So you can still, your kids can still socialize and have outings. Um, and so we enjoyed homeschooling as we traveled. That's wonderful. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Except for math. (laughs) We were working on math last night. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> we were working on math last night and I just looked at my daughter and I said, Hey, whatever they're telling you, don't don't pay that any attention. Let me teach you how I did, I grew up doing it. Because <laughs> I don't know what they plan on. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what they're trying to teach these kids, but it definitely is not one plus one equals two anymore. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> And so we started working on the math problems and she goes, oh, this makes total sense. And I was like, of course it does, because it's easy. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's our fun for homeschool. (laughs) Well, I think, Missy, my last question for you is going to be, what advice would you have for big families that want to travel? Because mostly I talk to, you know, smaller families with one or two kids, but not too many big ones. So I'd like some advice on traveling with a lot of kids. The first thing I would say is listen to your kids. Um, I think that it's important to sit them down. It gets really exciting. And as a schoolie owner myself, I could just run away with planning the whole thing and just making sure like, oh, we're going to do this, this and this. Because as a mom of a large family, we just get into that organization planning mode <laughs> simply sometimes because we're outnumbered and it's strictly survival. Um, and so when you're developing a schoolie, you want to make sure that you're listening to your kids. So as you're downsizing, you know, let them pick the toys that they want. And if they've got something really special See if you can't make room for it uh, inside that schoolie plan. Uh, The next thing I would say is make sure you know when you're going into an area. And this is for any family. uh, We made sure that we knew where the hospitals were. We kept, um, you know, it's, it's simple as Google. But when you're in the middle of an emergency, 
you can either be the person who keeps their head on straight and can actually Google, or you can be like me and completely not have a sense of reality at the moment. And so it helps to have just a little card when you enter an area and you know, oh, this is the name of the hospital. So I can exactly say, oh, this is a good children's hospital. So we, because we had special needs kids, that was important to us. Um, and even if you don't, I mean, kids love to climb and run and explore and, you know, and there's a possibility of an accident. So I just tell people to make sure that you know where your local hospitals are and what you're going to do in a case of an emergency, as well as when your kids are at the campground. We because we had kids from three to 13 when our kids were little, we seriously bought caution tape and we roped off our campsite, especially in the beginning, so that our kids knew very visibly this is your boundary. And teaching them good etiquette, just when you've got one or two, you can pretty much, you know, grab them by the back of the shirt and say, whoa, you're walking into somebody's campsite. Or, hey, wait a minute, we need to walk over here. But when you have five or seven, in my case, somebody's going to run ahead of everybody else and you're not going to be able to grab that kid. So, you know, I just tell people, teach your kids, like go through and make sure that they know where they're supposed to stand when you're backing up. Like we had just rules set in place, like everybody gets out of the schoolie and everybody sits at the picnic table. And then we designated one person to walk around the campsite because people let dogs just poop anywhere and they don't pick it up. And then you got a two year old who who thinks it's a stick and it's not. It's a pile of poop. So I know this from experience. Um, so, yeah, I just say, you know, just think ahead and make sure you're listening to your kids and make sure you're just establishing some good boundaries and, you know, letting them know what's expected of them. And honestly, showing a lot of grace and finding moments to laugh. Just laugh at it. It's, you know, it's just, you know, little things come along. We call them frustrations. <laughs> And your entire family is going to love schoolie living or traveling and enjoying those experiences when you can find things to laugh about. So true. I love the part about knowing where the hospital is. I've been hearing that so much recommended um, because you go to places and like you said, you may get disoriented and not have any clue what's going on because your child's hurt. And so it's hard to find a hospital or a near doctor or anything like that. So I think that's really good advice. And then I was going to touch on what you said about um, keeping up with the kids and everything. And I like how you rope it off because I'd seen on a Facebook group the other day about a mom wanting to do RV life. And she rode through um, an RV park and was very upset because a lot of the kids were just kind of roaming around and, you know, no parents or no adults inside and stuff. And she was like, is this how it is? And I'm sure that there's a lot of people that do let their kids just roam and do whatever. But then there's like you and probably even me with my daughter. We want to know where they're at and what they're doing and who they're around. So I think that's some really good advice. So get you some caution tape. <laughs> yeah, I think I think this sometimes or this is what I have found when and even when we go for the weekend or just an extended vacay is people. This mm -hmm. is just my opinion. People are camping and they're relaxing and they get a false sense of security 
that that campground, the kid can just jump on that bike and ride around that loop um, and roam around and do whatever. Because a lot of us like may have grown up camping and had, you know, bring those kind of ideals into the situation. Or maybe it's a fact of, oh, I can see them. I can hear them. They'll be right back. And, um, you know, I've also heard horror stories. So, I mean, we were camping in um, South Texas and we were getting ready to go over to a campsite, uh, a different state park, actually. And we asked the ranger, hey, we're going over to this state park next. And he openly said, do not go there. You have young children. There has been incidences in that park specifically. He's like, do not go there. So I tell people, talk to the locals, talk to the rangers. Don't just get that false sense of security because you're there and everybody's relaxing and it looks like a safe place. You know, we still have to be mindful, um, you know, because they're, they're our most treasured, you know, possessions as our children are most treasures on earth. Absolutely. Well, I love that. Thanks for sharing that with us. And Missy, where can we follow you at? Uh, we own a business, Schooly Homes. So um, on Instagram and Facebook, it's at Schooly Homes Official. And then if you want to follow me personally, uh, I'm doing some stuff over on Discovering Us Home um, on Instagram. Wonderful. Well, until next time, may your family be blessed and your travels be awesome. Did you know that you can sponsor the Travel Moms podcast? Contact me today and let's get started. Wow, that was another great show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. These moms always inspire and encourage me to get out and just see the world. And I hope that they inspire and encourage you also. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Travel Moms Podcast on Facebook, and our website. And you can also listen to these podcasts anywhere that podcast is available. Our two favorite ones are Spotify and Apple Podcast. Until next time, may your family be blessed and your travels be awesome. <laughs>